Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. The noted American humorist James Thurber once wrote a hilarious short story titled The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, in which a perfectly ordinary man repeatedly escaped from his humdrum real-life existence to live imaginary adventures. Thurber understood very well the secret lives that exist within all of us, the lives we conjure up for ourselves to relieve the boredom of being who and what we really are. Are you writing uh, this all down? We're writing it all down. All right. I, Eugene C. Marsh of 2784 East 119th Street, hereby confess to the killings known as the Velvet Glove Murders. You got that? We got it. These cunning and uh, and deceptive murders were all planned and executed by me and nobody else. I had no accomplices. Be sure you take that down. No accomplices. I wouldn't want to implicate an innocent party. Oh, of course you wouldn't. Well, aren't you going to grill me? You want to be grilled? Well, I mean, uh, aren't you going to take me into the interrogation room? What's wrong with this room? Well, it's, uh, it's so open, and how do you know I won't climb up? Oh, you never have before, Mr. Marsh. You're always good about that. You memorize all the details of whatever crime you're confessing to. You must spend a lot of time with the newspapers memorizing all those stories. Pellegrini, you don't understand. I'm confessing to the Velvet Glove murders. I'm the killer. Sure. What do you want from me? I want to be left alone. That's what I want from you. Lieutenant, you could be New York's biggest hero. Sergeant, and I don't want to be New York's biggest hero. I just want to get back to my paperwork and get you off of my back. Why do you always have to confess in this precinct? Why don't you try the Charlestown or the Manhattan? They even got reporters hanging around over there sometimes. They, they have? Sure. Now beat it, Mr. Marsh, before I have you locked up for, for obstructing justice. Is Eugene C. Marsh just another one of the crazies who wander harmlessly through every big city? Or is he really one of the rest of us? A man with a rich fantasy life who goes one step farther than most of us in living out his fantasies. Or is he something else? Who was that guy, Pellegrini? That was Eugene C. Marsh. You'll see him again, Mulder. Next time there's a mad dog killer loose. He's a nut. Confesses to everything. Uh, One of these days he's going to come in here when we haven't got a crime wave and want to confess to whatever we got. Grand theft auto, arson, indecent exposure, you name it. What's wrong with the guy? How should I know? Maybe he's afraid he's going to live all his life and die without nobody knowing he was ever on the earth. He's been in before, huh? Yeah. He confessed to being the son of Sam, the Brooklyn bomber, the guy who set off the power black. A real wacko. Older, there are probably a quarter million other wackos just like him out there. But we got to live with them. So do like I do. Forget Eugene C. Marsh. Our crisis drama, Ulterior Motive, will return after this message. And now, crisis. Aren't you, aren't you going to eat your potato salad? Nah, it gives me gas. You want to take it? Okay. Hey, remember last week... 
That, that weirdo that came in and confessed to the Velvet Glove murders? Yeah, Marsh. Marsh, Marsh, that's his name, yeah. What about uh, him? Well, I got to thinking the other day, do you suppose he's setting us up? Setting us up? How do you mean? Well, suppose he really wasn't crazy at all. Suppose he... Suppose really... he really does knock someone off one of these days and comes in and confesses and we don't take him seriously? Yeah. Like the boy who cried wolf? Yeah, you already thought of that, huh? Yeah, I'm afraid so. First time he confessed, he said he was the Brooklyn bomber. Well, we check him out real good, naturally. At first, he looks like he could be a suspect. But then he slips up when we're taking a deposition, and we come to find out he don't know any more about the case than what they put on the papers and in the television. Mm -hmm. So we release him. About two weeks later, he's back in the station, confessing to beating an old man to death in Central Park. And the papers played it to the hilt, you know. Oh, yeah, I think I remember that. Uh, This is back in, like, 71. You was probably still in the Army. Well, I must have read about it. Well, anyway, what happened? Well, this time we deliberately plant a line in the story we give the papers, see? We said the old man was pistol-whipped, and the papers and the TV went for it. But he was really killed with a piece of pipe wrapped up with tape. We recovered the weapon. But old Marsh didn't know that. Right. So he comes in and tells us all about how he slugged the guy with a gun and then threw the gun off the Staten Island Ferry... And we knew he was faking again. Yeah, but suppose one of these days he comes in, you throw him out like you did last week, and he's really the guy. Could, couldn't that happen? No chance. Every town's got a guy like Marsh. Lonely, timid, no job, and not playing with a full deck. Marsh will never kill anybody except probably himself someday. Sheesh. Hey, come on, Mulder. Let's get back to work and give the citizens their money's worth. Mulder. Huh? Uh, this is Mrs. Caulfield. She wants to report a suspicious man outside her residence. You handle it, okay? I'm snowed under. Sure, Sergeant. Thank you so much, Sergeant. Yeah, you can just tell the whole story to Officer Mulder. Thank you. Thank you. Won't you sit down, Mrs. Caulfield? Well, all right. I know you're all so busy, but I am a citizen. And I'm so terribly afraid. You've seen a suspicious man around your house? Yes. Last week, one time, and... And again this week, twice. Tuesday night and last night. Uh, what was he doing? Just looking up at my house. I live on East 114th. And the neighborhood's just gone completely depart. I'm afraid to step one foot outside. Yes, ma'am. What was this man doing besides looking? Did he show a weapon? Did he make any threatening moves? Well, no, no, but... Mercy, what would a law-abiding man be doing loitering around in front of the same house night after night and unless he was up to no good? Well, what would you like us to do? Well, I'd, I'd like you to get him away from there. Arrest him. But we can't arrest him unless he breaks the law. I told you, he's loitering. And that's a misdemeanor. Well, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll alert the officers in your district to watch for the man, and if they see him, they may want to question him. Now, can you describe him? describe him? Well, yes. Yes, I think I can. Of course, my eyesight isn't what it used to be, but I'm sure of one thing. He wears a hat. A hat? Yes. Well, haven't you noticed in this day and age, very few men wear hats anymore, except older men. No, why do you yes, say that? Well, this is not an older man, and I say it because of the way he moves around. He's quite tall, I believe. What race? Why, white, I suppose. Okay. At his build? Well, that's hard to say. He always wears a long sort of overcoat. And this is at night, 
when he comes. Always at night. Mrs. Caulfield, is there any reason that a stranger might want to watch your house? No. No, not at all. I'm just an old woman. Now, can you do something about him? We'll certainly try. All right. You've seen all the overnights. Three more killings, 40 assaults, 19 suspected juvenile incidents. Eh, Pretty quiet night for narcotics. We only booked 31 suspects. It's raining today, so you can stay dry and check out any old leads you might have. Let's have some action today. That's all. Hey, Pellegrini, you see this in the overnights? About Mrs. Caulfield? Yeah. She's 24 hours after she comes in and asks for help. I feel just great. Kid, there are 1,300 murders a year in New York. That's 25 a week. Better than three a day. You can't bleed over every one of them. I know, but this time she knew someone was after her. Yeah, well, that's how it goes. I'm going to work this one. All by yourself? Lots of luck. See you later. You going out? Hey, it's raining. Pellegrini here. Hi, it's Mulder. Well, where you been all day? I've been around doing some checking. Listen, I lined up a pretty solid eyewitness to the Caulfield murder. Good. A kid delivering papers saw a man coming down out of her house just about the time she would have been killed. Did he give you a description? Yeah, a lot like Mrs. Caulfield said. Did he see where he went to? He was on the run, headed north. Sergeant, the old lady was loaded. Yeah? That had to be the motive. Inside her place is like a museum. The killer must have been casing it pretty good. He's, if you stand in a certain spot down on the sidewalk, you can see into a bedroom window, and that's where her wall safe is. It was standing open. Nothing in it but papers, no cash. Yeah, well, check it out. See if she's got a cleaning woman. That's your best shot. No. Huh? I'm following up on the man. Sarge, give me Marsha's address, will you? The fruitcake? Forget it. Just a hunch. Marsh is a crazy, but he's not a killer. Just give me his address, okay? Yeah, yeah, I'm getting it. Yeah, here. 2784 East 119. Thanks, Sarge. But you're wasting your... 2784 East 119. Only five blocks north of here. to crisis. Mulder, what are you doing with Marsh? He confessed. Of course he confessed. He confessed to killing Abraham Lincoln if you asked him to. Listen to me, Sarge. The description fits. The hat, the tall guy, the overcoat. Mrs. Caulfield lived only five blocks from Marsh. What'd you do? Go over and ask him if he'd like to get his name in the paper? Ask him. Marsh? Hello, Lieutenant Pellegrini. Sergeant Pellegrini. You want to go to prison? If I have to. You killed Mrs. Caulfield? That's right. Yes, I killed her. What was your motive? I I wanted her money and jewels. Uh-huh. And how did you know she had money and jewels? Her kind always does. Did Officer Mulder tell you she had money and jewels? No, he didn't have to tell me. I knew. All right. So what did you do with it? With what? Her money and jewels. There weren't any. There weren't any after all. After all the trouble I went to. What trouble? Watching her. I, I stood outside watching her. I saw her putting things in her wall safe, so I knew she had money and jewels in there. But when I made her open the safe, it was empty. She tricked me. So you killed her? Yes. How? With my hands. Eugene, 
We've been through a lot of confessions together, haven't we? Oh, I, I know. You you just laugh at me and send me away like you always do. It's all right. I expect it. Mulder, book him. You mean it? I mean it. Murder one. What he just told about the murder we never gave out to the press. He's our man. First class work, Mulder. Well, thanks, Captain Mears. Cap, if Mulder had listened to me, my should still be loose. I told him that guy was a nut. Just want to make sure this thing is airtight now. The DA's got a bunch of young prosecutors who won't go to court unless we hand them the case on a platter. I'm going back to Marsh's flat and go over with a fine-tooth comb. I got the warrant ten minutes ago. I really ought to go along and help you, since I almost blew the case for you. Let Mulder go it alone, Pellegrini. You can wrap up the paperwork since you spent yesterday afternoon at Coney Island. <laughs> hmm. What's this? What is this? Ago, yeah, yeah, two days ago, because uh, that's when the rain started and business was zilched that day. Until this guy came along and asked you to make this. Yeah, you get a good look at him. Yeah, I didn't pay much attention. Mostly, uh, I was interested in what he wanted me to do. What was he like? Tall, with a hat, a coat. Yeah, an overcoat. I'm going to show you a couple of pictures. Oh no, no. Like I said, I didn't, uh, I didn't pay no attention to what he looked like. Just look at this one. Uh, let's see. No, I don't think so, no. It's... Now this one. No, that... Well, now, uh, that could be him. That, that could be him. You sure? Uh, no, I'm not sure, but it, uh... That could be, yeah, it, it definitely could be. I'd, uh... Yeah, I'd say I'm pretty sure, yeah. Thanks a lot. You've been a big help. Anytime. Yeah, come in. Mulder, you're back. You get some evidence? Yes, sir. I think I did. Well, that's good. No, it isn't. What do you mean? Have they transferred Marsh uptown yet? No, no, he's still here. In fact, Pellegrini's been in the interrogation room with him for most of the afternoon. Why? I'd like to see him if I could. Look, there they come right now. You want him? I've got some stuff from Marsh's apartment I'd like to talk to him about. Well, stop him before they get on the elevator. Hey, Sarge. Use my office if you want. Could you bring Marsh in here a minute? The more you hang on him, the better it's going to make our case. I know. Yeah, you want to see Eugene? Go on in the captain's office, Eugene. You don't need to push me. Hi, kid. Hi, how's it going? Oh, Eugene and me have been having a good long talk. Don't shut the door, Moeller. It's too hot in here with the four of us in this closet. Whatever you say, Captain. You've been over at Marsh's place? Yeah, right. Mr. Marsh, I wanted to ask you about this. You ever see this newspaper before? Uh, I, I don't know. Don't look at me. Look at him. What paper is that? I found it in a drawer in Marsh's apartment. Let's see. The New York Bulletin? What kind of a newspaper is that? 
Note the headlines. Wealthy widow slain. Police baffled. Let me see that. A wealthy Manhattan widow, Mrs. Irma Caulfield, was strangled last night. I thought we didn't give that out that she was strangled. We didn't. Then how did this paper get the story? Well, that's what I wanted to ask. So I went and talked with the publisher. The publisher? What publisher? Who prints this rag? A man named Ralph Beck. Uh, say, listen, why don't I take Marsh out of here? You're discussing evidence in front of him. Just what I was thinking. No, just a minute. Something you said this morning, Captain, suddenly rang a bell while I was going through Marsh's apartment. Then when I saw this newspaper, it started to make sense. Something I said this morning? What did I say? About Pellegrini going to Coney Island. Did you go to Coney Island, Sarge? Yeah. When? The day Mrs. Caulfield came to see us? Yeah, that was the day. So what? He was checking on a suspect, and I was just kidding him because, eh, Coney Island is Coney Island. Well, I went to Coney Island myself this afternoon. See, that's where I met Ralph Beck, the printer who makes these customized newspaper headlines for the tourists. There is no New York bulletin except this sheet he prints. You tell him what you want to say, and he sets it up and runs off a copy for you. He remembered this job particularly because it wasn't funny. Wait a minute. Are you telling me Pellegrini had this dummy headline printed? And all the details of the killing. But but that was the day before the old lady was murdered. That's what I've been thinking. Hey, wait a minute, Mulder. What kind of bull is this? It looks like Pellegrini could have planned this whole thing, then kills Mrs. Caulfield, runs off in the direction of Marsh Street, making sure a newsboy sees him, dressed up like Marsh. Hey, Captain, course, this is insane. I want an attorney. You'll have one, Pellegrini. Go on, Mulder. And then he visited Marsh with this newspaper. Made sure he memorized all the details of the way it really happened. Details we never gave out to the real newspapers. Wait a minute. Wait wait a minute. Let, let me say something. You shut up, Marsh. Say it, Marsh. Well, what I want to say is I, I didn't think it would be like this to confess. There hasn't been a single reporter or cameraman. Yeah? Well, I'm afraid there's going to be. And I said everything just exactly right. Didn't I, Lieutenant Pellegrini? Pellegrini, if you've got an explanation, I'd sure like to hear it. Okay. The badge and the gun, right here on the desk. What was it, Pellegrini? Her money? Your prisoner, Mulder. Take him down and book him. Murder one. And, uh, Mr. Marsh, you're going to be free and still get your name in the papers. I am? Sure. You've heard all of this. You're a witness. I, I am? I am. Eugene C. Marsh of 2784 East 119th Street. You want to write that down, Captain? Yes, all of us are dreamers. Each of us lives, as Thurber put it, a secret life, detached from our real one, much more exciting, filled with danger and adventure. But it is well to know when that secret life threatens to dominate, to take over and destroy our real existence, however mundane. I'll be back with the names of tonight's players and a word about next week's Crisis. Tonight, Crisis has presented Ulterior Motive. In our cast were Jay Green, John Roeder, Larry Buck, Terry Rose, and Pat French. Sound by Jeff Thompson, engineering by Carney Barton. Script and direction by yours truly, Jim French. Crisis is produced at Audio Recording Incorporated. Be with us next week at this time for Crisis. Crisis.